We are always grateful whenever someone interacts with us. And many of you do, and we are thankful for that. At Fast Lane, Ed Lane, and Trey Lyle VT. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. There's friends, and then there's real friends. And so as we come back in the Fast Lane, you know, this is kind of like middle school drama right here unfolding before your very ears so enjoy this for whatever it's worth there's friends like brian nolan of frontstretch.com who liked our post on social media today then there's real friends like trey lyle and michael massey who retweeted it to help get the word out to even more people once again proving that we are better than brian nolan you know liking it is good it contributes a bit to the algorithms and reaches on social media. But nothing says true friendship like spreading the word and helping a friend out on any of our platforms, retweeting whatever it is. Now, I say that somewhat tongue-in-cheek because plenty of people consume it, listen, and keep up with us there and don't actually like or retweet stuff, but uh, they do. So we appreciate that as well. And yes, often when Brian Nolan is in the fast lane, he will actually retweet, and hopefully that will happen when he joins us Monday to recap the clash at the LA Coliseum. Assuming the race takes place on time, it's not guaranteed with inclement weather in the forecast. But I hope... Michael Massey can appreciate the fact that we have brought him in to middle school drama today in the fast lane. Michael, have we brought you back to your past of middle school days where, yes, ridiculous supposed logic and arguments are all part of the game? Yeah, it does feel a little like middle school sometimes, sometimes even elementary school. The difference, though, is back then I was part of the problem. Now I'm like the, the adult in the room, the, the teacher, the principal uh, that, that has to lay down the law and get Brian and Trey into shape. So now you're elevating yourself above Trey. Trey, do you care to defend yourself? <laughs> yeah. Just a, a backstabbing live on the air. <laughs> I just, I can't believe it. I, I mean, you know what? You know what? I realize this. He's probably, he realizes that Brian controls his flight and his travel to L.A. and when we travel for events. So this is just him pretending to be nice to Brian. So he gets he gets a better, you know, he has to deal with Brian. He doesn't have to deal with me this week, and he has to deal with Brian. So I think he's faking it. You know, I can, I you know, I sense no. these things. So I think he's, you know, he has to deal with Brian Nolan this weekend. He doesn't have to deal with me. So you know what? I get it. I, I, I understand. I We're good. Trey, though, Trey isn't the problem starter. Trey, uh, Brian picks the fight with Trey. And then Trey, you know, slaps back and gets in trouble. So, you know, it's the one that always hit, hits back that gets in trouble. So Brian's still the instigator. He's still the problem child. And, it, hey, if he wants to strand me in L.A., I'm, I made it to L.A. I'm here now. Um, I'm actually about to go look at uh, where they filmed the office uh, right after we get off here. But, uh, yeah, the, if he wants to strand me in L.A., I'm down with that. For clarity's sake, by the way, when we're talking L.A., we're talking Los Angeles, not what we consider to be L.A., Liberty Arena, or better known as... Bel Air. Bel Air, yes. That's what we uh, really consider. By the way, are you going to go see Fresh Prince of Bel Air sites while you're over there as well, Michael? I'd like to. I'm not sure where, uh, where you know, all that stuff is at. Um, but, I, yeah, that's... There's more stuff than I have time to do. That's the problem with with coming out here. Well, it is, and the reality is you also have a business trip out there in Los Angeles. The Clash begins this coming weekend. Um, It's a quarter-mile track, the L.A. Coliseum. Um, 
first and foremost, I love the idea initially. NASCAR has gone back. It has been embraced by the community, and I fully understand there's an opportunity to get a lot of, I'll use air quotes for this, stars, in quotes, quote, unquote, out to this particular venue. And NASCAR has done a good job treating it like an exhibition race, pomp and circumstance, but still racing action. Um, has it worn its welcome out in L.A., or do you get the sense that NASCAR has really found something by keeping it here? Uh, somewhere, I'd say somewhere in the middle of those two, where, like, last year, you know, the first year was awesome. It felt like a true event. And last year was pretty good as well. There's, there's not as much hype coming into this time. Um, like, I couldn't even... I, I can't even name, you know, last year I had like a, a sheet of paper with all the celebrities coming out to it. This year I, I haven't seen anything like that yet. Uh, so I'm not too sure who, who's coming out. But, yeah, I, I think three times is kind of that sweet spot. Maybe you want to go try something else uh, just so you don't wear out the welcome here. You don't beat a dead horse or anything. It's still cool, though. And, look, there's no Auto Club Speedway this year. This is the only race all year long in Southern California. So they needed to have this here this year. And maybe Auto Club comes back next year and then, you know, we can move the class somewhere else. But in the meantime, this is a good stopgap. Yeah, I get that logic. You bring up a very good point, and you do many more at frontstretch.com and on the various front stretch podcast which will be returning over the next couple of weeks is brian michael massey brian nolan and trey lyle will be uh resuming their uh you know high school middle school or maybe even elementary school style brian views. has his own podcast he he we we you know we try to keep him off happy hour as best we can you know understandable i mean he does have his own thing so you know you got to let him shine in his own unique way yeah. uh, you can't let middle schoolers partake in happy hour Okay, uh, that's that's a really really well phrased. Uh, you know what? It's it's uh, you know I don't know if all parents do this, but you relate to this. You know we have to get Brian his iPad, and his iPad is bringing the heat. You know, so he's he stays calm. You know, he does he's you know he doesn't act out. So his iPad is uh is uh you know or his tablet. You know that's the whole thing with kids. You know on the airplanes uh, is his own podcast. Yeah, uh, Trey, that's another really good analogy. There are times where in our house. Full confession, and I hate doing it, but we have to do it. We just got to give the kids the iPad, and that way we can focus on what we need to do. And inevitably, we end up getting to that point. Uh, back to the topic at hand, though. The clashes at the L.A. Coliseum. So one of the most interesting stories, and, and we will know more about all the races and what this season's going to look like shortly when we actually get to Daytona and then, frankly, past Daytona and into the, the meat of how the race season is actually going to look. But... We've got new cars, essentially, coming for Toyota and for Ford, whereas Chevrolet has a very similar car from prior years. Is that the most under-discussed story for this event, or if not this event, beyond this event, the early part of the season? Yeah, like you're saying, I don't really know that we'll see uh, that matter at this event too much, or really Daytona. It's you know we'll get to the West Coast swing. Uh, that's when you'll you'll kind of start to see what whether those changes matter or not. I don't think it's under discussed. It's just an unknown. Uh, it, you know maybe the the Fords will dominate because of their new car. Maybe the Toyotas. Um, I, I do think that they will catch up to Chevy. The past two years, 
Chevy is kind of dominated uh, with the next-gen car. They didn't win the championship, but, you know, when it came to the regular season, they were the guys dominant. Kyle Larson, William Byron, they were winning all the races. Um, now I think you might see Team Penske step back up. Uh, you know, you might, Joe Gibbs has been good. They'll, they'll be even better, maybe have some new players. Uh, 2311 getting even better, and Legacy Motor Club coming over to Toyota. Maybe they uh, show their hand a little bit with with these new Toyotas. So, yeah, you're going to see some. The next gen already bunched up the competition. I think it'll bunch it up even more with these new adjustments. By by bunching it up, do you mean we have more teams and drivers in contention for a win or more consolidation and fewer teams in contention for victories? That's tough to say. I I think the same teams will be winning as the past couple of years. It's just it won't be as lopsided as Hendrick Motorsports wins 18 races, whereas Penske only wins two or Gibbs wins six or something like that. It'll be more uh, th- those top mega teams, I think, will still get all the wins, but I think uh, you'll see it more spread out amongst the mega teams. You'll still get your... Uh, Maybe a Michael McDowell at a road course, or you know some some underdog teams winning. But uh, yeah, NASCAR is about the mega team. They're always going to find a way to win. Michael Massey of FrontStretch.com at m underscore Massey twenty two, who is joining us in the fast lane. Michael, for the event itself this coming weekend, we've seen a Ford and a Toyota driver get to victory lane in each of the the two editions of this, and, and that's kind of all you can use right now for the L.A. Coliseum. Does that trend continue, or do you think Chevrolet flexes early? I, it's so hard to tell just because this event, you know, we haven't seen practice yet or anything, um, but I kind of think I could see a Ford jumping out and winning. Because, uh, you know, the new car, they got the momentum from winning the championship with, with Blaney last year. And the guy I'm watching, which maybe you're getting to picks in a second, but Ryan Priest in a Ford ran really well, at, led a bunch of laps last year before he broke. And the Stuart Haas cars stunk last year, and Priest still did that. So if the Fords are better, I could see a guy like him uh, you're stepping out there. So I don't I don't think Chevy strikes back in this event. So you mentioned Ryan Priest. That's one of the organizations that really struggled last year. We saw them at Martinsville. They looked like a threat to win early, and boy, did they fade late, and they never seemed to even recover over the remainder of the season. And we're talking the Martinsville spring race, not the fall race when there's only one race left. Uh, they could never seemingly recover. How crucial is it for organizations like that or drivers that have struggled at certain points of the season? Martin Truex Jr., the end. Daniel Suarez, all season. Even if this is, quote, just an exhibition race, the clash, that they still come out and put something together where they feel like they've got some tangible momentum going forward. Yeah, I think the momentum is a huge part of it. I mean, Truex was winless. Um, in 2022, comes out, wins the clash, has a fantastic regular season, wins the regular season title. Now, we don't have to talk about what he did after the regular season ended, uh, but it definitely that clash win uh, really propelled him. And Stuart Haas needs a good run. 
I, I think they need like they haven't even announced all the sponsorship for Noah Gregson yet. I'm maybe they're still looking for some sponsors, but they've only announced his his uh, Clash sponsor so far. Uh, so, and they they lost Kevin Harvick. I mean that is a top tier talent. The after that Martinsville race, I'd argue he's the only Stuart Haas driver that came close to winning another race. Uh, you know, Fall Darlington, he he was up there. If, if if a caution didn't come out when he was on pit road, he probably would have won. But so now you've lost your leader, your future Hall of Famer. It's all a bunch of young, unproven guys. If they come out there and make a statement at the Clash, it would really change the, a lot of the narratives, a lot of the, the preseason talk about Stuart Haas racing. I think it'd be huge for them. Ryan Priest, deeper on the odds board right now, he's at 18-1 to 1, along with Ross Chastain and Bubba Wallace. Uh, there are other drivers at the forefront of this, including Martin Truex Jr. at 10 to 1, Joey Logano at 12 to 1. They've had success, obviously, the last couple of races, those two in this event. Is Ryan Priest pre qualifying? So keep that in mind. This is pre qualifying and pre practice. But is he the guy right now that you believe is the most legitimate dark horse? Or do you have your eyes on other drivers whose style fits these shorter, short tracks based on what they may do away from the NASCAR circuit? Yeah, I, I like Ryan Priest as a dark horse a lot, just because he ran so good last year. But also, that's his background. Yeah, he spent the a large chunk of his career driving the modified cars around tracks, just like this, you know, little quarter mile bull rings, just like where they're driving on Sunday. Uh, so he, he's a great short tracker. I think another guy you could look at for the same reason, coincidentally, coming from Stuart Haas. Josh Berry, who's taking over the four car, uh, you know, the, I, I don't know what the odds are for him. Imagine they're not too, you know, I, I think he's a pretty good long shot right now. So um, those are two dark horses that, that come to mind right away. Josh Berry, 25 to 1 odds that are out Ooh, there okay. on the leaderboard. So just in case you're wondering about this, um, ultimately, though, Weather's in the forecast this weekend. Also, it could impact practice. It could impact qualifying. It could impact the race. When that's the case, my general inclination is I'll give a pick on our votes of confidence tomorrow, but I don't really advise people to act on that until you have the data of practice qualifying. And if it looks like weather might impact the race in terms of shortening it or anything else, I just advise staying away from it. As fun as it is to throw a little coin down, uh, you know, we're not trying to just throw money away any more than we already probably are. Um, for you, before you really get your concrete thoughts out there at frontstretch.com and at M underscore Massey 22, how much do you want to see practice and qualifying as well? Oh, yeah, you, you absolutely need it uh, just to have – it's such an outlier. There's no other well, – first off, there's no other quarter-mile track on the circuit. But also, it's the first race of the season. So they've had all off-season to repair. We haven't seen anything yet. It's not like the, the days of old where they had Daytona testing in January and, you know, everybody kind of had a good idea who would be fast. You don't know anything until those cars hit the track for practice and, and qualify on the heat races. Uh, so, yeah, yeah I definitely hope uh, the rain holds off and we get those in. Uh, so... You know, if you're a betting man, if you're going to put some money on a Ryan Priest or a Josh Berry or something, you can at least 
know a little bit, and, and you know they they will go out there and fish dead last. You don't want to bet bet on them. So yeah, yeah let's let's hope that the, the you know Mother Nature cooperates, stays sunny all weekend long. Well, and another friendly reminder for those that like to throw something down, the odds may shift, but you also trade that in for having more data points and more information, which is really the key to that, and that's what you're willing to gain. And personally, uh, more data points, the better for me uh, that you can actually have. We have many data points. The history says the insight is great. From Michael Massey at FrontStretch.com and at M underscore Massey 22. Michael, we'll be listening to you and Trey on the Happy Hour podcast, watching for all of your work at FrontStretch.com and uh, wishing you safety in your travels around and then back from Los Angeles. Appreciate that, Ed. Thanks for having me on. I'm so sorry that you got to deal with Trey every day. Uh, but no, I, I love okay, Trey. Goodbye. Awesome. Love doing the podcast with him. And uh, yeah, listen to, listen to Happy Hour. He keeps doing that. His connection's going to drop a lot yeah. quicker. <laughs> Looks like we got to cut Michael. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll be back in the fast lane with your feedback from Fast Lane Ed Lane, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Trail of ET, or wherever you listen to podcasts.